Hello everybody, I'm Chloe Maidley and welcome back to the podcast. On this podcast, I speak to professional athletes, coaches, physique competitors, dietitians, nutritionists, and leaders in the field of health and fitness from all over the world. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope you enjoy today's episode. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you like, subscribe, review, and leave a comment to let others know about everything we've talked about. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram where I'll announce what's coming up on the podcast and other great content too. I'm at Maidly Chloe. Thank you so much. Let's get started. Hi guys, and welcome back to the podcast. So today's going to be a really interesting episode because we have a very impressive guest on. Alan Barrett, who prefers to be known as Big Al, is the founder and CEO of the sports nutrition brand Grenade. Launching in 2010, the company then started in Solihull with only a pre-workout to its name, and it has now gone on to become an international powerhouse. It's sold in over 80 countries, and it recently was bought by Mondelez International, we'll get to that, I'm not sure I'm saying that right, who valued Grenade to be worth 200 million. I am very happy to have my friend, kind of uh, employer, and all around great guy, Big Al, on the show. Hi, Al. <laughs> Hi, Chloe. I forgot, oh, yeah, I'm basically your boss. Yeah, you are. You... Oh, this is awkward. It's like an appraisal. It's so funny because I really feel like a, a kind of a employer-employee relationship. Get, get we... You know what's going to happen? <laughs> what? I'm definitely going to get fired. Yeah, 100%. Um, from Mondelez. Um, <laughs> and then, which means then... Which means by default you get fired because then you really made it hired you, so we're both fucked. I like the ways when you said welcome back to all the listeners. You know that all these are first-time listeners because they've not really bothered all the other shit that you've had. Yeah, no offence to everyone else. But now, up your game. I mean, eventually. You are definitely... I'll be waiting for this. You, I know you have. And you're a different kind of calibre of guest as well. I've never... I was saying to Alan before we came on, I should say Al. Sorry, I know you hate Alan. Yeah, Alan, 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 <laughs> Alan. Yeah, an upgrade. I'm an upgrade. Uh, I was saying before we came on that I actually had so much fun writing these questions and I'm genuinely interested to to hear some of the answers. So I guess, that, like, let's just jump in. And I, I want to start from the very beginning. Let's go way back to 20. 10 or even potentially even the years previous where where it all began talk about how grenade kind of got started and why you started specifically with the pre-workout i've always been interested in military shit as jules used to call it um and training i didn't like all the regular sports like all that rugby and all that bollocks i mean who, who's interested in that i'd never take off never take off that one and i was crap at it because i was quite weedy i was like 10 just under 11 stone pretty much so never gonna be good at rugby and everyone used to call me big al for a joke so i thought i'll show you so anyway when all my mates were out playing football and cricket and rugby and whatever uh, i went down the gym when i was like 14 absolutely got hooked on weight training and this was like early 90s so no one else was really doing it there were quite hardcore gyms and since then the industry's never got rid of me yeah. so i've been in there for like 30 years as you could say so i've seen all these obviously changes come and go and probably shape the fitness industry quite a bit with with grenade mm. and basically I, I worked in a gym for 10 years which i really enjoyed for like minimum wage but i just loved it learned loads met loads of basically criminals 
which again was, was, was great fun. And it resulted in me having, I got really interested in supplements because I'm a terrible eater, really lazy. And I've never, I've never got much of an appetite, hence why I was so bloody skinny. And I was so interested in supplements because it just felt easy. And at the time, they were probably a lot cheaper than food as well, and it was just easier. So I became interested in supplements and there wasn't much of a supplement market in the early 90s. So I ended up having a distribution business which imported mostly American-made supplements into the UK. And I started that in 1999, and then I sold that to my best mate in 2008. And, you know, did really well at it. I'd met Jules in 2003, late 2003. We got married in 2004. She came to the business, just the two of us. We worked really hard. And to be honest, we just fell in love with it. In fact, I'll tell you what, we fell out of love with it. I had a tax investigation in 2008, and, uh, and I was absolved many wrongdoing. But it was that draining, and, and it pissed me off to such an extent so I just sold the business, basically. And I just thought, I'm just going to semi-retire, which lasted about a month because I hadn't got any money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd always had this idea for Grenade. So whereas I'd been, like a, well, I'd been a distributor of other people's products and looked up to the likes of Red Bull, for instance, mm. and uh, although we weren't selling Red Bull, I really admired the branding of just having one product. And most of the brands that I carried back then, like Metrex, EAS, ProLab, you'll know a lot of these, they got big supplement ranges. So as you know, there's no such thing as a magic pill. Mm. It doesn't exist. It's all, you know... It's, it's diet and training. Mm. But if, if we could come up with something that just helped with all the aspects that we know people struggled with, mm. like people are, oh, I'm so hungry, I'm dieting, I'm starving. So, you know, it helps with appetite suppression. Oh, I've got no energy or whatever. So, you know, caffeine in there, certain, you know, really good type of caffeine so helps you with fatigue and, and stuff. And put this sort of formula together. And, and I gave it to a friend of mine, actually, that was, that was training just as in a capsule format. I gave it to a friend of mine, this is about 2009, who was training for special forces at the time. And uh, he was out like bashing the hills with CV and he was just, he was flagging. And I said, oh, do me a favor, try these. And uh, it gave him these capsules. And he, uh, he, he ran me up and he said, oh, that was like I swallowed a grenade. I thought, that's a good name. <laughs> so, yeah, so went out and basically protected the name. And then I thought, actually, I don't just want to put it in some generic white bottle like everyone else does. I want to try and really make it stand out on the shelf. So if I can put it in a grenade bottle will have the name and the shape. So if you sort of got one, you know the other. Yeah. And then, you know, couldn't find a bottle anywhere. So I ended up meeting someone who had got a tool making business and he made a tool to make a bottle. And then we made the bottle and basically, you know, launched Grenade in 2010 yeah. with 500 quid, not really know what we were doing. And again, like, you know, not, you know, not trying to sell a magic pill, but just trying to sell something. And along the lines of Red Bull, really, you know, one product, everyone would know it, protectable, iconic, did what it said on the tin. And, you know, people would, could have in, again, a serving was like four a day. You wouldn't meet many people that could take four a day. And you'd give it to someone and they'd go, you know, they could feel it. And it just gave them that kick up the arse to probably go and do something, basically. You know, if you've had a grenade, you're not sitting around, you, you're going to get up and go. And I think even just to help people focus and pay more attention to their diet and, and whatever. So we launched that and it was kind of a bit flat, to be honest. It was like doing okay. And then we sort of thought, oh, God, weight loss is really seasonal. And again, this was like a, a real good sort of pre-workout motivator. So we thought we'll market it again as a bit of a, a pre-workout motivator. And again, we just, we, we dug in, we, we, we did a show, we did Body Power in 2010. Yeah. Again, we got we down to about 27 quid at that point. We spent 12 quid on two t-shirts oh. and sort of the two of us. And then I, and we genuinely, we thought we'd probably lost the house, actually. We had, we had a genuine discussion that we'd probably lost the house. And we thought, you know what, if we're together, you know, we, we'll give it a go sort of thing. I think the turning point was doing that show. We took a tank into the NEC yeah. as a publicity stunt and just everyone loved it. I mean, we set off the smoke alarms and we took this tank in. It was just 
billowing smoke. Still got the original footage, actually, which I filmed off my Blackberry, which was popular back in the day. And, and, and again, and you know what? Everyone then probably just sort of, I think it showed people were serious because we, we competed with, again, a lot of American brands were over and they're like, you know, that's genius. Yeah. And I think it was, it's a gimmicky industry and it was so gimmicky. We kind of took gimmicky to another level. Yeah. And I think then from that point, people always looked at Grenade and looked at the bottle and kind of wanted to hate it because oh, yeah. it was so gimmicky. But actually, and you know, as you know, we make some really, really good stuff. You do. Yeah. So we're a very serious brand when it comes to the nutritionals. And, you know, we've got 200 patents and it's informed sport. And we don't get out producted. No. Really, no. We will. We always disrupt our own stuff. If we can make our stuff better, regardless of cost, we do. I know you because do. Because if we can, we can disrupt it, you know, we disrupt ourselves. Yeah. And, yeah, that was a turning point. And for, for, we did that for a couple of years. And then we launched, actually, and then people saying, you know, make a dedicated pre-workout product. Because at the time, Jack 3D was really big and it was very dodgy. Yeah, <laughs> they all were. Most of the pre-work was dodgy. So, yeah. You know, so, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we wanted to make something again legal that was as good as all the dodgy stuff. And you can imagine, really difficult and make an informed sport, which is even harder. Spent probably a couple of years on 50 caliber, as it became known. And again, super hard-hitting pre-workout, probably too strong for most people, to be fair. And then, you know, products followed, um, ration pack. And then we did a, a test boost called AC4, which we still sell. And actually really specialist sports nutrition stuff for people genuinely are very serious about training. So Olympic athletes, very serious athletes, professional athletes. Yes, your everyday gym goers, a lot of military, a lot of very elite military as well. So people are really serious about this specialized stuff. And then we did that for four years, never took a day off, never took a salary. We never really thought about it. We just worked, 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 worked. I remember I started in kind of this industry in what, 2012, 2013. And the very first supplement I ever had was your thermodesinator. And I remember like, I, I remember I'd, I tried a few other pre-workouts before that and I, they did not, I mean, I would literally vomit straight away. They did not agree with me. And I I, I remember reading at the time that it was something like 90% of pre-workouts that would hit the market would get taken off within six months because yeah. they were full of really dodgy stuff. And that was kind of the product that I, I was really kind of, I guess, wedded to initially. And then I met James and James, loves grenade and kind of exclusively used you guys because you are informed sport tested because you are such a high quality product and i think that the consumer of grenade like all my clients all my followers use grenade every single one of them and i think the consumer because it is so mass market it's such it's such a huge brand and so many people use it i don't think they realize what good quality it is and how much money and time as a company you have to spend on products to get them informed sport tested which yours are and I, one of my questions that I wanted to kind of to ask you is do you think that throwing so much time and money behind the quality of your products is one of the reasons that you've not only lasted so long in such a saturated space but you've also exploded do you know actually no I, I don't we probably could have not done it yeah I agree. And, I, and but I'm very much belt and braces with everything yeah and brands are always extensions of, of their founders good and bad and, you know, ultimately, you know, Grenade's got my name all over it and I use it. And I frankly, I make stuff I want to use. Yeah. Someone said to me the other day, actually, what product, what Grenade product can you not do without? And I said Ration Pack, which surprised him because I've been taking Ration Pack for nine years solid. Same. Probably longer, actually, since it's been out. Yeah. No one knows it exists. 
brilliant. I do. <laughs> and again, I've got, really, really... Do you know what I've got? So I take the ration pack because I'm a bit weird. I put all my pills, oh my God, lol, in one grenade pot, which by the way, has been confiscated from me at airport security on oh, more yeah. than one occasion. And I'm like, I'm such an idiot. Like, why did I not think that a grenade shape in would my bag- Would be a problem. Wait, why did I think that would not be a problem? And it's happened like two or three times now. But I've been stripped down to my pants. In airports. Well, they told, Seriously. They told James off for wearing a grenade T-shirt before he got yeah, on the plane. They were like, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, it's a T-shirt. Hi, guys. Just a quick one. Adverts on the podcast are automated and we have no idea what may or may not play out, much like whatever pops up when you're browsing on the internet. This is an unsponsored podcast, but if I am ever plugging a product, you will know about it. We talk about informed sport a lot because I, I would guess 99.99% of the population don't know what it is. No. And, don't and the care. rest probably don't care. No. Yeah, to be honest, it's a handful of people. Do you know that costs us about 400 grand a year? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, people don't realise, and anybody who's ever set foot in the supplement waters, which I have back in the day, that you don't realise how much time and money it takes and is it really worth it? And I think you're right. You know, in, in one, on one hand, it's quite depressing to be like, people don't really care about the quality. And on the other hand, it's also like, you probably could stop doing that. Yeah, would well, you know why it's worth? And I wouldn't. So as long as I'm CEO, I will never, ever, ever compromise on product quality or taste. Or, you know, if we make a change, there's a bloody good reason for it, and yeah. it never cost. Yeah. So we've actually just made some changes now to cover HFSS. Yeah, you know, 200 trademarks. I've got patented products. I've got a patent on Hydra 6. You know, no one else can have whey isolate and micellar casein in 50-50 percentage in Europe without infringing our trademark. That's amazing. I didn't I didn't know that. No, because no, no. The, pro- so the problem is, again, you'll, you'll find this really hard to believe. I don't particularly like social media, so I don't really go out and talk about this stuff, which I should. And actually, next year, we're going to go out to our facility in Austria and we're going to see the shakes being made and the fact that they're, the lakes there are drinking water quality and, you know, they can name the cow that's provided the milk for the shake. <laughs> and the lack, oh, it's fucking amazing. Right. So it's owned by the Porsche family. And it's honestly it's amazing. Nice. No one knows this stuff. So we are going to start doing more of that. And also as well, I don't actually like, so it feels a bit salesy. And I don't like selling product to people, funnily enough. I hate it. Well, I do. Because so, well, people say to me, you know, I do a lot of public speaking. And I always get asked, someone, you know, thinking they're being clever. Oh, why well, should I take your products? You know, I go, actually, you shouldn't because you should be eating a really good diet. Yeah. <laughs> do you eat a really good diet? Uh, no. Well, then. You should be taking our products. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, so what we did then was, well, the science is there. And, you know, Rob, my pet of product, he's like, he's more into the science than me. And we find it really interesting. And you'll probably know Chris Geffen, who's a really good friend yeah. of mine that owns a supplement company, US and Cage Muscle. He was one of the very early users of Grenade. And again, he uses my stuff. I use his stuff. And we always talk. And he got all of my stuff tested when I sent it to him, which I didn't know he was going Did to Did he? Do. The cheeky, came, yeah, cheeky the other fucker, I know. <laughs> but it came back better than label claim which I knew because we actually under-declare things. Everyone else over-declares them. Yeah, but you you had your bets and keep it safe. <laughs> yeah. And, and do you know what? And so, you know, you said actually has it sort of paid off? I mean, you know, we are where we are. If you think actually all the brands that were massive 10 years ago who did a bit of cheating, they're not yeah. around now, are they? Yeah, and that's it. So I guess it probably has, but, but do the mass market consumers understand or care? No. Protein bars can be quite 
chewy and claggy yeah. and what grenade does i'm telling you it's the fucking moist maker what grenade does so well is it makes it's it, my secret sauce i don't even know what the um, word is i'm trying to find it's silkier it's much silkier which is why i think it's as good as kind of any confectionery bar on the market i definitely think that with carb killer and i wanted to ask you this when you created it did you know that this was going to end up being your marquee product the thing and i and i do think it was the game changer for grenade yeah or, or do you think that with every product that you start to create like i want this to be and it just happened to be carb killer that really took off or did you I, know i i honestly thought the one would be the first product we did i thought we'd only ever have that weight loss product in that grenade bottle yeah. i really did i thought it'd go bonkers in the us and it did okay in the us but we went in the US far too early and it's such a competitive market. And to be honest, over there, you've really got to play the game. And I'm not a game player. I'm just not a game player with this sort of stuff. And I think that, you know, with good brands, it, it does take time. And, and it's actually felt slow to me. People have said, and again, we think sort of from a cold start with two people from our bedroom to 200 million in 10 years. It's probably pretty quick because, again, we've had, a, you know, a couple of recessions in there in COVID and we've had a fair <laughs> few headwinds. a few pandemics. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely haven't haven't got lucky. And again, and again we haven't done it online. Normally, it's it's online. You could sort of scale that quick, if not quicker. But Carpkill has been six years. Yeah. You know, of that from a complete standing start. So I thought it was good. I've always made products that I would eat. And i tell you who taught me that, actually, was I hate to name drop, but Richard Branson. Yeah. Did I think we could disrupt chocolate the way we have, confectionery? No. But I think, you know, again, it just happened to be the product that put grenade everywhere. And a lot of that was cost because we could put it in a petrol station because it's 250. We were never going to put thermodetonator, you know, 50 quid yeah. in a petrol station or anything else because it's just specialized stuff. So, and again, that was quite intentional because around 2014, we were probably one of the, the sort of the best known, biggest supplement brands, let's say, in the UK. But it really wasn't that big. And all the place, it was like, you know, sort of big fish, small pond. And again, I think we were about 12 on Amazon in health and personal care, which again is fantastic. There's like 100,000 products in there. So, you know, fantastic. And lots of people, you know, buying thermodetonator and whatever, which is great. But it wasn't, it, you know, it was, wasn't mind blowing. And I think what, one of the things we decided to do as a conscious decision was become more of a food brand. Yeah. Take what we'd learned with supplementation put it into food again for all the reasons that we've said give people an alternative to what they they, they are eating in the eye you know chocolate and other you know snacks and again in a petrol station what decent snacks were that was just crisps and pasties and shit sandwiches i mean it i get like uh typically james and i will go in i'll get like a grenade bar maybe beef jerky that's, yeah that's you'd be struggling much. yeah nuts maybe yeah, bottle okay. of water. yeah yeah it's true and again and, and so people are so busy now that's actually where people are getting lunches petrol stations um but i think it was it was having something in those locations as well that was like 250 that was affordable and even tesco back in the day when we sort of showed the guys in tesco what we wanted to do and they were looking to take chocolate away from till points even then and they said we get what you're trying to do but you know, and they said, actually, you know, we'll support you and, you know, we'll give you some store space and we think the market will get there, but it'll take years and people won't pay four times the price of a chocolate bar. And actually they do. And they were paying five times the price of a chocolate bar. So you'll generally find, and people's moaning about this, and I actually can't control what people sell stuff for. But <laughs> you, 
selling for like 20% above retail price. I mean, like for the first three years of Carb Killer, we're out of stock. Yeah. You know, you couldn't, you couldn't get it anywhere and people buying boxes and boxes and boxes of it. And I always say, you know, we didn't invent protein bars, but we definitely invented good ones. And again, you know, we put them in all the places that you just want to have something that's just better for you. you yeah. Know, are they good for you? You know, I wouldn't say that, but they're better for I you. Would. I would. Most people would. Eat. I think, you know, protein is, is incredibly important for people to be getting in their day. Yes. At regular intervals throughout the day. It's it's a hugely important thing. And like I say, you, you have the science, that's one thing. And then we can talk about having a really nutritious whole foods diet. We can all talk about that, even though it's getting really bad press now. Health is still a thing, and that is the optimally healthy diet. However, everybody's not going to eat like that all day, every day. So I think what you've done is not only bridge a gap between nutritional health and physical health, but also mental health. I think you have two yeah. claims here, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. I'll coach. take that one. Yeah, as a coach, it's really helpful when I'm like, okay, we can get your protein in every three to five hours, and you don't need to give up your chocolate bar, have a grenade protein bar. Like, it's very, very easy done, easily done. I think you should be really proud of it. And, and what I really am really interested in, and I think my, my listeners are going to be really interested in this too, Talk me through when you decide on, okay, I want to at least start talking about a potential new product I've had an idea for, or someone in your team has had an idea for. <laughs> How does it start from the ground up in terms of you, kind of all the suits, then the nutritionists, and then later on to production PR? Can you give us like a really quick rundown of how the process actually goes. So we sort of put the money up on it to do it and a lot of time. And then you basically, to answer your question, two years later, literally, trial after trial after trial. We ha it was looking like we were getting nowhere. They were getting pretty pissed off, just to be perfectly honest. And they're like, you know, my boss is asking me, are you ever going to launch this product? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not happy with it now. Yeah, exactly. And, um, <laughs> and, and we had a book, and, and then uh, pretty much the last one we had, uh, I ate it. And I thought, God, that was good. And we uh, we had a board meeting about it. And the rest of the board didn't want to do it. They were very much, no, we should be making tubs of protein and sports nutrition brands. I'm just like, I'm telling you, we can compete with chocolate with this. It's that good. And they were and, and it, they were really split. And to be fair, one of the guys from Grove Point, uh, initial investors, said, um, look, you've got a gut for these things. Like, you know, you've got a nose for these things. So if you think this is a winner, you should do it. And, um, and I did, and the, and the commitment was I bought 50,000 bars, and if we didn't sell them, I was going to buy them personally. <laughs> so I'd have, been, I'd have been eating protein bars for the next 10 years. Which you did um, anyway. And <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we had them, and we sold out in two hours. Wow. And everyone that had them was like, oh, my God, they're good. And then it was like, next flavor, next flavor. But that was two years, start to finish, that initial product, you know, from, from all, doing all the work. We'd got the name, you know, we'd come up with the name Carb Killer. Grenade was trusted again at that point. It was pretty well known. Uh, we got relationships with the retailers. We were starting to get relationships with petrol stations and like the convenience channels. And and then from that point, every time we've bolted a flavour on, we've had flavour variations. Like white chocolate salted peanut took 17 months on top of all the original carb killer work. And that was just a flavour. Yeah, I remember this. I remember speaking to Jenny about it and her being like, do you know how much like blood, sweat and tears has gone into this bar? But you can taste mm. it. It's in the quality. And like, we always come back around to this as grenade. Like, it tastes and Just the quality good. ingredients. Yeah, it's just good. So, so I spend, you know, I'm really, really interested in the product and brand is where I'd spend most of my time. Yeah. Our product team, it's fantastic. They're more OCD than I am, which is difficult. <laughs> and again, you know, we've had stuff and I go, that's brilliant. Went, no, we can make that better. And they're just, we're relentless about excellence. That's the only way I could put it. And, you know, we never, ever, ever make a product on cost. I want to move on to the Mondelez deal. I really feel like we're saying it wrong. 
<laughs> yeah, it's fine. No, 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 it's fine. So, how did this deal come about? It, I'm interested now, just from like a the, the fact that you are, you know, such a successful businesswoman. How did the the deal come about, and how did you structure it in terms of being able to stay involved with the company and to keep well, kind of your own grenade pins? <laughs> in. <laughs> I don't think I can get rid of me. Um, I mean, look, look, it's really kind of you to say I'm successful. I just don't think I am, honestly. I've just all I've done really is honestly done what I've enjoyed. I've just, I've made products. And just to say about the, the Mondelez thing, so that came about, we first spoke to those guys back in 2019. And again, we spoke to a couple of confectionery brands. We spoke to some big drinks brands um, were in there. And, and, you know, some, I mean, Unilever, Pepsi, you know, we spoke to, spoke to a few brands, had some great conversations. And I, I think... The upshot of that, probably, maybe even, I guess, from sort of Mondelez as well, they think they thought it was a bit of a fad. Yeah. Um, they never really told us that, but I think that was my, they just thought, let's see if it's delirium in two years. Well, two years later, we were just 50% bigger, bigger yeah. to be honest. And I, think that, and I think that's always been the reservation, you know, with, with Grenade is, again, gimmicky. And I think people just, I think they do just maybe sit as a gimmick. They don't see that actually some pretty smart people at Grenade, oh, not yeah. me. But, you know, again, we're pretty formidable if we want to do something. You know, I would not want to be competing with us because we are fucking relentless. Yeah. These are super clever people that get the brand. We have fun. We're ourselves. We're doing stuff that's never been done before. It's a challenge and we love it. And it's just that simple. You know, it's hard work, but it's not work because we're so passionate about it. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're working really hard for something you just don't care about, that stress. Yeah. If you're working hard, it's what you do care about. It's passion. Yeah. So I think we, you know, we, we, we get away with that. And then, yeah, so we, we, we met with these guys back in 2019. And then I think the market wasn't quite right from their perspective. Again, they were a bit worried pre-Brexit, for instance. And obviously, you know, we all pretty much lost 2020 with, with COVID. Yeah. And actually, we traded really well through COVID. I think everyone was surprised. Yeah. Because where a lot of our channels were closed, like gyms and coffee shops and stuff okay you're not selling anything so we lost those sales but you know online went ballistic the places we were available again went ballistic and actually as soon as those so we lost about 20 percent of our revenue because we lost impulse because again if you think for years we fought really hard to get the best locations in the world petrol stations coffee you know coffee shops motorway services airports supermarket you know never see a quiet airport i mean you do now but you know just every airport in the world really you know having grenade in there and again the high street and then they became the worst locations in the world yeah to have products they were the only ones that were closed i mean you couldn't have made it up oh. so we lost that overnight but it came back overnight and i think yeah we're probably about 30 percent bigger now than we were 18 months ago um, and we know a lot more which has been great and actually it felt like a startup so i kind of you know nobody enjoyed covid but i enjoyed the challenge yeah. of actually whole team working from home i'll be honest i didn't think we could do it we've smashed it so again, we've got, you know, nearly 90 people working remotely. I'm amazed that we could do that. I was just going to say, I was so impressed by the way you handled it with your employees. I just, I thought, I just thought you, as a, as a company, you handled it very, very well. We, we always try and do what we should do. You know, everyone knows what you should do just to be a decent human being. I mean, you know, we got, I mean, you've got a young team and we, we'd hired people literally that week, early March, just started. We had one guy to do events. And it's like, there's no events. Shit. I mean, we could have just let him go. And I said, oh, so actually, and he went, yeah, I called him to my office, actually. He'd been there not even a week. And I think he thought we were going to get rid of him. Yeah. And he sort of came in, nice lad, you know. And I said, look, 
do you mind really what you do? Because look, clearly there's no events, but do you mind getting stuck in with a few of the bits and bobs? Can you sort of, yeah. can you be like a bit of a shit filter, to be honest, just to help us do stuff? Because we're firefighting here. We've never done it before. We're all remote. We've got product all in the wrong places. We want to, I'd already had the idea almost from week one to support the NHS, which actually he ended up running. And I said, do you mind what you do? He said, no, do anything. Okay, great. You've still got a job then. Um, you know, so again, if, he, if he'd have said, yes, I want to do events, I said, okay, well, I don't have any work for you. Sorry, you've got to go. But I mean, we furloughed about 17 people quite quickly just because through no fault of their own, their channel was shut yeah. after three weeks. But we topped them all up. So they're all sat at home on full pad. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, three weeks later, bought them back and hired about 20 more. I know you did. It was, it was so impressive. And I also just want people to know, so I, throughout, I obviously do online coaching and throughout COVID, I have loads of nurses as clients. Like, I, I would say they make up about 50% of my client versus man. And I, I coach them all for free, obviously, because, you know, it was a Amazing. shitty, shitty, shitty time for them. And, uh, and the you guys were sending them out these big care packages. And I just had so many of my clients and I wanted to tell you this. And I think I told you at the time, but I wanted You did, to, yeah. You were sharing the links. People were so... I just... I felt so proud to work with you guys. People were so grateful. They were coming to me and saying, like, this is incredible. Like, the, And, the, and the, the, you know, these are like fitness freaky kind of girls, kind of clients, sort of young women I should say and they were just so thrilled like and, and I just I, I was really proud to be working with you and I still am but I just I think people need to realize that actually for such a huge like I said like powerhouse of a brand you do things really ethically and you have a really good moral compass and it's really really impressive no I, I really appreciate that and like I said I think you know brands are extensions of the founders and I just think you know I will not get it right all the time now you know we've got a lot more freedom within a framework, we, we call it, you know, because of Mondelez. And again, I mean, they're a hundred billion market cap, you know, yeah. they're a bit bigger than we are. 40,000 employees, I might oh. employ number 40,001. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's different. And re- actually, with, we were with um, Head of Northern Europe, uh, Clive, yesterday, it was amazing. And they had a great few hours and, you know, they just sell the right things. They're really, really, really nice people. Yes, they've got a lot more corporate governance because it's huge and rightly so. But they're kind of just letting us do our thing and helping us, you know, where they can. And I think your question about, you know, how, how did it come about with them? They popped back up sort of very late 2020. And the reason it actually happened was another extremely well-known <laughs> confectionery brand approached us with a very, very, very generous offer. I won't say, you know, who heads up that brand, but he's probably the richest person in Europe. He rang up really lovely people again. And we were talking to those guys. And again, they'd been watching us for a while. And they knew now, you know, we're like one of the top selling chocolate bars in the country. And again, every every chocolate brand wants that. You know, they want to be the top selling chocolate bar in the country. And, you know, for the first time ever, it's not them, it's us. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and, and we're three quid. Yeah. And, and I was probably... It was really difficult, I guess, because, you know, was I prepared to leave? I guess so. I, I, if they didn't want me to stay, I wouldn't have any choice. And initially they wanted me to be a brand ambassador. I said, yeah, that's fine. No problem at all. And then they sort of came back. So actually, we're only going to do the deal if you're going to stay on as CEO. And, and again, you know, I've rolled a lot of shares into the deal. So still got skin in the game. I've got the best partner we've ever had because, again, you know, I grew up with Cadbury. I mean, yeah. the last brand, you know, Mondelez bought in the UK was Cadbury yeah. in 2011. Yeah. So I love that. So you're saying that if they had asked you and they could have, because they are, you know, they basically own Grenade now. But if they if they had asked you to leave, you were prepared to do that. And then I guess my question is twofold now. If you had left, what would you have done? Would you have just completely retired or would you have tried to do something different? And the second question is, now that you're staying on, are there some like big plans in the work? 
coming now because you have this new so um the first one what would i do so to be honest i've seen this coming for a while because the tricky thing here is now we sold a majority stake in the business before inventing that bar yeah which of course you know with hindsight (laughs) wasn't particularly clever but you know we are where we are actually as well the tricky thing is you know i've got no children so I'm the last of my family. I've got no living descendant. You know, I've got a sister who's older and, and she's got no kids and, and whatever. And my parents are in their 80s. And I guess as much as I love, you know, work and building a brand and I don't class it as work, there's lots of things I want to do in terms of like travel and Adventure. again, shooting and blowing stuff up and, and whatever and flying. Now, again, I'm very lucky. I can do a lot of that through Grenade. But yeah, to answer your question, I, you know, I started flying again a few years ago, and, you know, I, I fly. So I've always tried to line things up in the background. Yeah. Like, I want to do more flying, and I'm doing my helicopter rating and stuff as well is coming up. So I want to get better at that. So I'll transfer, you know, spending time in front of the computer, which I don't actually enjoy being in front of my computer. I like sort of doing the brand stuff. But, you know, who, do, who wants to sit in firefight emails all day? It's not me. So I will go and do a lot more of that stuff. And again, I'll travel and travel the world. And again, all the amazing people I've met around the world through this business, I'll go and see, you know, friends in New Zealand, Australia. I'll go and see Chris in Boise, Idaho. We'll go mountain biking. So I've met this amazing fitness network of just great people that I'll, I'll go around the world, I think, and see, you know, when we can. I guess, you know, if they want me more involved in future and doing stuff and spin off things and whatever with Grenade, you know, I'll happily have a chat with them at the time and maybe do that. I'll, I'll always be the founder of Grenade, so no one can ever take that off me. Yeah. Point being as well, there was no point building a, a billion-dollar brand and spending my whole life doing it and then just yeah. dying. <laughs> yeah, we are coming to an end, and I really wanted to kind of – I thought your post that you did on social media the other day was, and I know that you don't really care about posting, but I just thought it was really simple and inspiring and impressive of kind of you when you first started Grenade and then and then kind of signing that deal. And I just, I wanted to kind of, before we say goodbye and I let you go, I wanted you to just kind of talk to everybody who's listening, who wants to start a business or just accomplish a goal or achieve a dream. I just want you to kind of leave them with something that you think will kind of help them, whether it's mental fortitude or whatever it is, kind of keep going and stay on track with their, with their goal. If, if I was going to pick one thing, it would be consistency. No one ever talks about consistency. And people just don't, like I said, we're tenacious. And I think it's a bit like a race. You, you know, you either win or you learn. You don't lose a race. So I talk about failure quite a lot and people fear failure. They don't do stuff in case it fails. You know, failure is your friend. If you can fail and fail quickly and move on, that's brilliant. As you know, you know, we've had products that just haven't worked. We've learned, we've moved on. You have to kind of pick yourself up and carry on. Am I one of these people that has just got this relentless energy and drive all the time and leap out of bed at 5 a.m. and all that shit? No. no, I have loads and loads and loads of shit days. I have as many shit days as good days. And I'm learning still that it's fine to have days and think, oh, God, I just don't feel like it today. You know, it's fine. Do it tomorrow. You know, if I don't want to train, I don't train. I spent years training. I thought it's a Wednesday. I must do legs. <laughs> Why? What happens? Does a fucking leg police pop up and arrest you? <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe I'll do it tomorrow and, you know, I won't die. So I think, you know, just people have just got to sort of chill out a bit. I would say as well, consistency and... You've got to do it. Most brands don't work because they don't start. 
I've never ever met a single remotely successful entrepreneur, and like I said, I don't class myself as being successful, who doesn't wish they just did everything and just did it quicker. Yeah. I wish I'd launched Grenade 10 years earlier. And, you know, and again, there's always an excuse. And, and I, I say regularly, actually, either find, you know, if you don't find a way, you'll just find an excuse. And I think there's always a, there's always a thousand reasons not to do it. And you'll always have your friends and family go, oh, but don't do that. And it might work. Yeah, it might. But what if it doesn't? You know, and again, Nine out of ten restaurants fail in the first year and all that stuff. Does it stop with London restaurants? No. Do a lot succeed? Yes. But again, you just try and protect the downside, work hard, and I think, you know, take it seriously. We sacrificed a lot to launch Grenade. Like I said, no time off, no salary. You know, don't drink, don't smoke. I'm the only person I know that doesn't have Sky TV. <laughs> yeah. You know, but all my mates were like, oh, I've got no money. Well, you pay 120 quid a month for Sky TV. You're out in the piss every week. No wonder you've got, I'd have no money two years doing that. Yeah. So you make sacrifices. And I think people maybe nowadays don't make the sacrifice. You know, I was, I was driving a van. Yeah. I drove a van. I could have gone and bought a nice car, but it all went back into the brand. Yeah. So I think you've just got to give it every chance of success. The one thing I'll say that actually I think helped us that most people potentially don't do is we didn't have kids. So we didn't have that as an excuse, distraction or expense. Yeah. But that was also a conscious decision. Do I think we could have built this brand and had kids along the way? Not a chance in hell. Alan, I'm so, so happy that you came on. Thank you so much. I know you're a very Thank you for having me. I can't wait for people to hear this. And everybody, uh, tune in again next week when I will have another great guest on the podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.